Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, it's Jenny. Before we start this week's episode, I want to tell you about a competition that we're running to celebrate us hitting 10,000 people on Instagram and to celebrate doing It Gals podcast for a year. So we are giving away two pairs of tickets to Bingo Loco, which is Dublin's craziest party. Uh, It's so much fun. It's on in the middle of April. They're throwing their one-year anniversary as well, and we couldn't give up the chance of giving away two pairs of tickets to this event. We also have a load of outsider goodies to give you guys. So how you're going to enter is go to our Instagram page, at It Girls Podcast. You're going to want to follow us there, follow us on Facebook, and follow the rest of the instructions in the caption of the picture you'll see it it has competition slapped right across it so go do that competition is going to close first week of april and we'll hopefully see you at bingo loco love you bitches Find the harmony, be all. You always find a baby. <laughs> Welcome back to It Gals Podcast. As always, we want to shout out to our sponsors, Outsider, our favorite cider. It gets us through recording, it gets us through breakups, it gets us through makeups and life. It does, it gets us through sickness because I'm still sick and I'm still sopping. Like <laughs> sick and sopping. That's a good t shirt logo. Germs. I read once <laughs> and I don't know if it's true, but I'm going by it. <laughs> <clears throat> have a little can no harm done guys yeah. it's the best cider fucking get on it if you are I know that feeling when you are in your offo and you're staring at the wall of cans and you're I don't no, know which one. one go for outsider the it's beautiful one with the James Early the hot one the hot one we only wear silver so we only fuck with silver cans it matches our jewellery matches the jewellery matches everything we're about Jack when we had him on a few weeks ago he was like I adored the hold you can like a clutch bag girl <laughs> hold your can like a clutch yes, can't put on in it pop it under your little <laughs> armpit when you're getting under the bus or you're <laughs> the fuck you want to no drink no we'll fucking know so Drink responsibly, drink legally, all that good shit, and let us know if you're drinking outsider because send us your pics because we love them. La 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 love them. We la 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 love them. La 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 love them. Thank you, lover. Lover is so Carrie fucking. She did that to her shoes. Hello, lover. Is it love? Question. This is off topic, but go on. We haven't even got on topic. No, true, true, true. Okay, but it is you know resonates with the previous podcast that we did have you watched sex and city since the whole drama i still haven't either have i and i've been almost watching it but then stopped myself because i'm like it's so i don't know if i'm ready bloody hot like because we mentioned it in the if you haven't listened to our episode with jack 
we actually got like near, like fucking 8,000 downloads. People fucking loved that shit. Jack got people coming up to him. Did you hear oh that? Oh my goodness, and he's freaked by that. Jack was so funny. freaked. Jack texted me being like, Jenny, I met a fan. And and they were re- like regurgitating stuff he mm, said. On I that. instantly thought it was from your Snapchat because obviously a podcast isn't visual, right? So yeah. like, you know what I mean? But then he was like, no, I was at Mother and a girl came up to me yeah. in the smoky air and was like, you're Jack from Rickles. And he loved it. And it's so funny because I think whenever I've had Jack on my like social media visually, mm. you know, it's not been a sit down, let's get to know Jack. It's, it's just, just Jack. You get like random glimpses being, of Jack. Yeah. And then like having him on like an over an hour, like an almost two hours. Yeah, two podcast, hours. They get to hear dense what Jack is like in between us talking over him <laughs> shutting him up but yeah great anyway what was I saying I was thinking like this weeks that I've been sick it would have been great to have a freaking guest on because oh yeah rest my damn voice not that yeah. it probably would have stopped me but you know <laughs> but yeah I haven't watched it since neither have I I need to get into it I need to but I am fearful I just don't I know if fearful. I can buy it I need to kind of forget about the drama and then get back into it I think I will try tonight. I will try. Maybe I'll Hopefully try. PR, maybe in the next couple months, they'll be like, we didn't mean anything we said. We, we like each other. Hee hee hee. It's all joke. Maybe something like that. Because <gasps> I do feel that I would be watching it now and kind of being like, what actually happened back, you know. I can just see scenes. through it. Mm, yeah. Mm. It's just shit. I think I'd be looking at stuff like, whoa, Carrie. Maybe I'd... Meanly at Samantha. Maybe we can just watch season one because they were all getting on there. Or, we, yeah, season one, I think that's what I was thinking. And they are one of my favorites. I love like one, organic season. I guy with, you know, Dan Clay, that guy who yeah. does Carrie Dragshaw. Yeah. Um, you okay. should follow him on Instagram. He's got Carrie Dragshaw, I think it is. Or is it just Dan Clay? I think, I think it's, it's Dan, Dan Clay. Clay. Yeah. Um, I think but Carrie Dragshaw is his like yeah. hashtag or something. Yeah, it's like what's his drag name, I guess, but yeah. it's just his Insta is his name. But he put up a thing uh, while I got in his stories where he was like, Am I the only one who missed? is when all when first of all Carrie would talk to camera and when they'd have these randomers it'd be like some guy in a gym and he's like girls I like when girls shave their pussy like oh, I, I love that, that. I, I love that or like my husband well I haven't hurt my husband yeah. he's got you wanna know violence. yeah you wanna know about my boyfriend honey we're in New York City like it was so it was, just, OTT. It was kind of almost badly edited like mm. it, they didn't really give any good points it was, to be really, honest, it was just great when Darren Starr left yeah the show changed. No, really good. The first episode, I loved when Carrie, when everything kind of paused. It was just so yeah. 90s when she was like, oh my God, really? Yeah, she's like, is this guy for real? Like, I loved that. It did give another kind of Her sense hair of life. random as well. Yeah, I love, what was your favourite Carrie hair? Um, I go between, I love the kick Katie, just the crazy curly. Yeah. I love that. I would say season three, maybe. Uh-huh. Like, they're really curly. When it's kind of short, like, shoulder length. Like, just beyond shoulder, and it was, like, really fuzzy. Like, you know, they're kind of wild curls. Yeah. You know where she's wearing the Galliano dress? Yes. That, yeah. that hair. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, and I also really liked when she had the extension and the straight. The straight. I loved the straight. I did love the straight, because it just fucking looked fabulous. It looks mad and gorgeous. But I loved when it was the same length as the straight, but curly. Yeah. That was gorgeous. Yeah, I think she needs long hair because she has such a like angular face. Yeah, I think she needs like length She's, to draw it out a bit. Yeah, because when they had all the hair around her jaw, I think it brought too much. Yeah, attention no, that to was her, nice. like, really intense features. Um, yeah, and annoying. and the blonder the better. I feel on her too. definitely. Yeah, she needs light. In light, her face. yeah, because she's quite harsh features, so yeah. it kind of softens it all. Yeah, anyway, there you go. There's yeah, our that's info. Our, um, that's our Tyra makeover, <laughs> of Carrie. <laughs> 
This week we are doing a Q&A. Um, we're doing a different kind of Q&A. Usually me and Lindsay both kind of give our own perspective on someone's question. Uh-huh. We rooted out four questions from our Tumblr. If you want to get involved next month, it, it's, it is it, it is. Gals t- podcast at tumblr.com. You can ask anonymous questions there. It's the best place to get it's really us. It's easy. You don't have to sign up. You just have to ask a question and away you 100% go. 100% and on. As always, we do like to put a disclaimer right there. If you're going to send us a question, you have to presume it will be used in the podcast. It might However, not be, but... We have got as well, though, I will just say, we have got specific questions that seem really like it would be able to decipher to who the person is. So we do change around certain yeah. things, just if we think that you've yeah. spilled a little too much tea and but you're trying to keep an on. Just for the, you know, you know, if if you're sending in a situation and we read out on the podcast, it's a trusting back and forth kind of vibe. Where yeah. You send a question, you know, we it's might answer for everyone's... Um, Good. Yeah. yeah, we want everyone to kind of get the tips, yeah. which is cute. So there were some questions in there that were more directed to us individually, so we thought that would be a fun <laughs> thing to do this month where... Uh, one of us just gives our perspective and then Lindsay or I can dig at the other person and be like, how do you think that? Yeah. Um, so, shall, shall we start? We jump straight in. Shall we jump in? So, I have one um, from the Tumblr for Jenny that I'm going to read out. You ready, girl? I'm ready, bitch. And a few guys, many, many men who are listening, <laughs> salivating. Okay. Hey, gals. First off, you are such queens, and I adore listening to your podcast. Thank you, honey. We didn't take that part out. <laughs> I'd love to know how Jenny and her bae got together after she moved back from New York. Did you guys talk while you were away, or did you just land home and send a, what are you up to, text? She wrote W-U-U-2. <laughs> Took me so long to figure out I what that meant, by the way. What you I was like, woo too. <laughs> The lad I'm seeing who I am obsessed with is moving to Canada for a year in the next few months and I have this idealistic view that we'll just magically get back together when he comes home. But I don't know if I'm being a bit unrealistic. Question mark? Okay, so yeah, I guess I've never really... I've kind of talked about it around terms but Mm -hmm. never really laid out the timeline of how that happened. So me and Michael were dating for a year um, halfway through the year that we were dating, it was very casual dating, by the way. It was not like seeing each other, like we were V chill. Were you seeing each other once a week though? Here and there, but it was, it was never expected. Like, okay. and we also like stopped seeing each other like twice. Like we ended it. Like it was so casual. Like, yeah. and it was also like, even when we were seeing each other, it was like not exclusive. You know, we were. And was that spoken of? Yeah. Like I'm going to play, <laughs> this is how we're doing this podcast. Yeah. I'm going to play the. The girl. Yeah. Exactly. Asking the question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was spoken of. So we both kind of said, like, it's not exclusive or whatever. Um, so we were seeing each other for a year, but halfway through the year, I booked my visa and my flights and everything to go to New York. So it was, uh-huh. it was very much known. So six months into the relationship. Yeah. Like, so we met in, a, in June and I moved to New York the following June. It was okay. pretty much a year on the head. Um, so coming up to when I moved to New York, he and I had kind of gotten a bit closer and... Um, It wasn't like it got more serious, but I think it was almost because we knew I was moving away, we were able to kind of be a bit more vulnerable with each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because we were like, oh. It was a time scale. Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, we may as well enjoy the the next month or two because I'm moving. And if I'm not as open with you now, it kind of might be harder to because you'll be away. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think key in this is that we never had any pretenses over that we were going to stay together while I was in New York. Like, it was 
always spoken about that like when I moved to New York we're not together anymore and how did you like how did you have that conversation without it coming across so like um I don't think there was ever like a sit down like I think we were both very much on the same page which helped you know what I mean? Like, not, no, one person didn't have the expectation of staying yeah. together. That would make it harder if one person was like, yeah, I want to stay together. <clears throat> exactly. So I think it was one of those unspoken things, you know, but it was very much, like, understood from both of us. Like, I think we had just kind of spoken about it. And, like, I, I, I think when it came up, I mean, this is, like, 2013, so yeah. bear with me. It's, like, five years ago. But I'm pretty sure we kind of spoke about it in so many ways where it was kind of like, obviously, when I'm away we're single kind of thing you know that way and you both weren't interested in doing a long distance yeah no I had no interest in it I I just thought that like I've one chance to move away and when I'm away I want my mind to be 100% there and 100% in the moment and be able to make friends and maybe date and kind of live my life where I have known of people who have done long distance relationships and they're so removed from reality and they're just Mm. sitting at home waiting for Skype and waiting for the text and their mind is in two different places. I agree. I think it's like really healthy to be able to do that. Mm. Like I know friends who've gone away for a year and have kept like, you know, if they've started a relationship before they went away, they would like keep that relationship going and like they would basically if you're long distance you're relying on your phone yeah and your phone can sometimes let you down i think whether it's your battery will die or you don't have mm. signal somewhere and like the boyfriend or, the, or your like, partner could be like what's going on you didn't write back but you were online a minute ago that kind of messing that can happen yeah. which which is unavoidable but it's also an added stress to you moving away but i do get where this girl's coming from that it's kind of when you are lucky that you had Michael see it in a realistic level like I think a lot of yeah. people sometimes would see that as rejection maybe yeah I like, mean I, I, I guess like it, it is I think what I want to kind of say to this girl is like it, it's it unfortunately is one of those things where it's all kind of coincidental um, it was an extremely good fortune that both my, me and Michael were on the same level that doesn't happen all the time you know where I kind of we like me and Michael weren't like you have to also realize where we were like we weren't like telling each other we love each other and all Mm. that kind of stuff really like I mean I think we had said it but it wasn't like this intense kind of bond and then I was moving away like it wasn't wasn't crying or really involved with your life kind of thing I know he was involved in my life but like we just weren't serious like I, I I can't really explain other than that it wasn't this like I have a partner and it's my boyfriend and I'm leaving my boyfriend to go to New York. It was like, I'm dating someone. I'm, I'm hanging out with them every now and again, but I just happen to be moving and he's always known I've been moving. So the fact that it's like throughout the whole relationship, we knew this was going to happen. It just was kind of like expected, like I'm going to move. So then I moved or whatever. And I think that what I mean when I say that the expectation was there that we were breaking up, that helped us a lot because then when I was in New York, we did talk a lot. Like, we emailed all the time. We would Skype. Not all the time, but, like, we would Skype every now and again. Like, but there how was, often could it? Oh, probably, like, I mean, I'd say in the whole time that I was there, we probably Skyped maybe six times. You and know, we were there for a year. A year. Yeah. Um. So, what I mean in that sense is that neither of us had any expectations of the other for behavior. Like, when we broke up, quote-unquote, when I moved to New York... 
it was so it would have been so fine if none, neither of us spoke to each other because we didn't have the expectation of you're my boyfriend you're my girlfriend we have to talk yeah yeah so or then we have to Skype once a week on a Friday exactly this time so then when it happened organically it was just wishy-washy oh Grant he emailed me here I'd email him back the day after we were emailing Michael doesn't have social media so like whatever you know we would just email and we would Skype every now and again obviously the time difference makes that awkward so we, that's why we didn't Skype that often and it but also was, Skyping's quite an investment like I hate like Skyping to be honest I like it's yeah. very like I want to look presentable you know you have to sit down for like unbeknown time yeah yeah I mean like you, know, you don't want anyone else in the room really exactly like, kind of like, especially when you're living with roommates you know yeah. like so we would Skype every now and again and like you know so you know, we did talk about it when we were over there. Like, when I... Or when I was over there. Like, when I was over there, like, after about a month or two, like, me and Michael did kind of, like, you know, without going into, like, our personal information, we did kind of talk about it, how, like, we did have feelings for each other and all the rest. But I think we were just very lucky that we were on the same page where it was, like, we both could recognise that we had feelings for each other and we had a connection without expecting someone to commit right there and then. Because right there and then was not the time for us. It was, like... We could recognize that we have a connection, but we can also recognize that, you know, we're kind of in a position that a lot of couples weren't in, that, like, we kind of had a second chance to be single before maybe we did settle down. And that's how I kind of saw it. I was like, look, mm-hmm. if this connection with this dude is realistic, I knew I was moving back to Ireland at some point anyway. Uh-huh. At least now I've got a year to be single. A lot of girls don't get that. And I think that a lot of people then kind of resent that where they're like, oh, I wish I had like a year just to be crazy before I met my partner. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I get that. A lot of women do kind of long Yearn for, that. for it, you know, that way. So that was kind of like, um, I guess that was our vibe when I was away. And did you, when you were talking, when you were away and stuff, obviously you were both single. Mm-hmm. However, you were like, you know, expressing that you felt... Mm. like a connection towards each other did you speak about like did it ever come up was it was it just a like we don't talk about if anyone's seeing yeah it was just like we just don't talk about it and it was just unspoken like we just don't go there kind of thing uh, yeah I think so I think yeah. we just both kind of knew that it wouldn't add anything to our kind of sometimes the level is just set in that and you both yeah. just adhere to it's it it's like we both basically for us to say like we're both single we both knew what that meant and just as I didn't want him to not want me to date someone else or see someone else or sleep with someone else, I also didn't want to think that he was sitting at home waiting for me. Like, it just made me uncomfortable for a guy to be like, because <sighs> I feel like yeah. that kind of ends up you resenting someone by being like, I've stayed yeah. single this long for you. It's like, no. no other kind of... But was there a worry? Did you think, like, what if I think just my mind would go there? Like, what if he gets someone and he has yeah. a connection with her and then I come home? Like, yeah, I, I know that you could stop that, but was that ever in your head? Yeah, totally. Like, I remember the biggest worry I had was when I came home for Christmas and I knew I'd see him at Christmas. I was really afraid. So I moved in June, so this is six months later. It's halfway mm-hmm. through when I was there. Um, I had this fear that, because we were emailing, like, quite often and, like, talking very openly to each other. Probably the most close as we were (laughs) up until our relationship was when I moved away ironically and I was afraid that when I moved home to Dublin um it wouldn't translate to real life yeah that our connection was just because I had moved away and that we'd see each other and be like or that you got on really well in email yeah because we're kind of like making up a fantasy or something yeah yeah. and I was really afraid that we'd meet up and be like 
oh we don't actually know each other it's really weird but it wasn't thankfully but yeah that did and it was always that thing where I was like oh my god what if he meets someone what if I meet even though I knew I was moving home I was always afraid that like I would move home and he'd have a girlfriend yeah but I just kind of after a while was like but he's emailing me all the time I also I'm the one who moved away you know that way it's like you also have to realise like if you move away like you can't stop people from living their life just because you're away it's probably a good test of just not having a controlling relationship Mm. when you can see each other like you know having as much freedom as you possibly can have which is living in a different continent and not having to you know be in a relationship yeah and then seeing that you actually did end up back together Mm. but um, in regards to this girl's question she's kind of like saying is this an idealistic view I guess like from what I'm hearing there's no way to swing it like this Mm. like because it could have possibly happened like and it's not per se that you're like lucky to have moved away and still got back with your boy you know I think it is luck though I think it's like a circumstance it it just I mean I I can't put it down to a mathematical equation of like that's what I mean yeah like it's not like we did this this and this and that's how we ended up together I gave him this much space and therefore he then trusted me and came out yeah because he could have met someone he could have like I mean and I was I had to be prepared for that as well Hmm. I was the whole year I was away I was always prepared for the email of I met someone. The only thing I would do, I guess, if I was in that situation that I semi have been before, is just trusting trusting what they're telling you, trusting mm. the connection that you have with someone. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, sometimes someone can come into their life and override that connection you mm. have with them. But the way I kind of saw it was like because we were so casual the year before, he could have met someone then as well. Yeah. So it's like anyone can meet anyone at any time. I've known girls who've been going out with guys for four years and they the guy randomly meets a girl and dumps the girlfriend. It's like totally. just because someone's single doesn't mean they won't meet someone. Just because someone's taken doesn't mean that they're not going to meet someone. Yeah, like married men meet Exactly. People girlfriends. Di- people divorce people all the time and get with the new person. So yeah, people can be in a 30-year relationship and yeah. then he leaves her or it's she so leaves him. It's so out of your control and there's really no point in really concerning yourself with things that are that far out of your control so with me and michael it's i think you know if she really wants like a kind of thing it's like we always had this expectation i personally and this is just my personal opinion if it's a casual thing you're seeing i would not try and enter into a long distance thing it's just unrealistic in my opinion Mm. i'm sure it's worked out for some people for me i just think you're better off they're better off you're going to live your life you're not going to be tied to something back at home it's not maybe very mentally healthy i personally also doesn't mean that if you are open that you're both going to be shagging left right and center yeah i barely rode over new york you know what i mean like it's like so for me it was just like having that open kind of dialogue and then when we moved away because we had the open dialogue we were able to be very vulnerable with each other because like there was no expectation and then but then okay so then i'll maybe i'll bring it back to then when we when i came home because that's when kind of things got more serious between he and i Mm -hmm. so i moved home to ireland and he had asked me to go away with his family and i was going away with his family and because he and i had had a very open relationship before new york and then when i was in new york we kind of got more like emotionally connected but not physically obviously because we weren't in the same country that's when I kind of realized that I either wanted to be like with him or not. Like I either no had to have open. 
I'd, yeah, I either had to have a fresh start single back in Dublin mm-hmm. or I was going to be with Michael and it to be like a relationship. So I did sit him down then and I was kind of like, look, we've had this like two year thing. Mm. We're emotionally connected now. I'm invested in you, but I'm ready now to, to have the fork in the road of either we break it off and if you are not ready now to be in a, a committed relationship, I can respect that and I can just be single and whatever and so can you or we're just going to be with each other. But I didn't want that kind of limbo situation. Mm. So that's when I kind of set the boundary. Like when I yeah. moved back home and had like, I was moving home forever. <laughs> I then was kind of like, okay, now we have to have the conversation. So I think it's also important where I think sometimes men, sometimes this is generalizing, but they can fear saying something and expecting the woman to be freaking out so yeah. if you say if you lay it down being like you know i'll be fine either way i'm not going to freak out if you tell me that you're not ready for a relationship mm. i'm going to i'll deal with it it's fine if you lay it out for them to kind of choose then it's probably healthy yeah like a healthier way instead of just like either waiting for them to speak about that or you know like i think don't freak out like yeah. it's kind of like you were saying you were preparing yourself for the fact that for the possibility that he could write to you and be like actually I have met someone and of course that's going to be someone but I think it's also a point of not letting your anxieties take over the relationship yeah like not let it look what if he meets someone what if he this or that like deal with that when it comes and try to prepare yourself to a certain extent like as in like going in eyes wide open there's obviously yeah. a possibility that they could meet someone but not letting it destroy you mm. I personally I'm very proud that you took the non long distance route because yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that as a totally healthy and successful way unless it's like I mean there's obviously circumstances like I've known people who've been in a relationship for four years and a guy's moving away for six months obviously then it's like yeah totally, okay yeah. but like just it's all circumstantial and if it's if you're I've seen a lot of people go into things where it's been a casual maybe relationship for a couple of months and they've stayed together and I've known people like that and they're not fun to be around they're constantly no, on their phone is somewhere else completely I'm thinking like obviously if you've been with someone for four years and then the person moves yeah. away for six months or for work for a year and then you're joining them whatever if the relationship is grounded yeah, then and there's that different. trust that you're not texting them all the time but I think a lot of the time if you've started kind of a relationship and then like I know a lot of girls who have met men who like even from Tinder who like they've met on Tinder they've hooked up for a few days and mm. it actually turns out that he lives in Canada and he goes back and they want to still continue and yeah. they're basically conjoined twins with their phone yeah and to their time frame of their boyfriend they're waking up at 3 a.m to text their freaking boo-boo yeah so i think it's just like if the expectation isn't there you can actually randomly be free of like having to talk to someone and you can just talk to them at your free will and then you can actually that's how me and michael got our like emotional bond honestly it was like through a long distance thing of friendship it was almost like when, like, sex and the physical stuff was completely <clears throat> removed, yeah. we were able to, like, get to know each other on different levels. So, you know, I don't really have... I, I think, you know, overall, before we move on to the next question, I don't think I have a mathematical equation of how you can do this, but it's not unrealistic, but I think in order for, if that does happen, that you do end up getting with this guy in a year, it's not unrealistic, but you have to go into it with realistic kind of understanding yeah. of the situation. Yeah, it's unrealistic if you're going in being like, 
you know, we're so in love, like nothing will yeah. tear us apart, like that kind of thing. And like if he if he if he moves away and you never speak, you probably won't just get a random text. That's a fuckboy. boy. Yeah, <laughs> like we talked about in our last I mean, episode. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of trying to marry it to last week's episode where I'm like, you know, it sounds that Michael was quite like out front like he wasn't messing Mm. you around he wasn't like casually sending you an email and then not writing back there was like a consistent level of like which builds up trust where it's like we are emailing back and forth there's no messing around there's no like you know I mean and I can I can only imagine that this probably does happen with um long distance things where it's like a huge big email or a big long Skype session where you're like professing love and yeah. oh God, I can't miss you so much that's unrealistic but yeah. like, oh, I would die for you like oh, why don't you move out here these kind of dream like we yeah. were talking about last week whereas um, you know if you're both just like respectfully talking to each other and just chatting that's different yeah. it's a different level kind of yeah but don't go in there it's unrealistic if you think that you can like live off the love like you and Michael had to build up kind of like actual rapport yeah and means to talk and mm-hmm. like just talk normally and it not be because I've had a long distance thing before where it was sporadic and it was like you know when we did Skype it would be like oh I wish you were here you know it was yeah, very like OTG. again it was the future we it was the like mm. if we were here or you know that kind of thing that mm. was just like we're not actually just chatting here yeah we're just basically bullshitting or you're talking about the situation not about each other you know it's like it's yeah. like oh if only if only so yeah um before we get into our next question i think we should talk about our outsider moment what's our outsider moment fucking gas you told me that story about you with the lip balm yes. and living your best life because my best life. outsider is okay yeah it's all about being an outsider and it's all about like you know living outside the box but i think it's also about just like being you to the fullest extent which is like a constant struggle. Yeah. You know? So what did you do the other week, girl? So the other week, I have been... My lips have been dry. <laughs> and I've been buying and buying and buying lip balm to the point where, like, I need a freaking direct debit to be steps. <laughs> like, shit's going down. I'm buying so much lip balm. And I have bought so much that I have enough for each bag, so I should never, ever be without it. But I left my house, checked my pockets. No lip balm. <laughs> And it ain't cheap, you know? No. Like, I'm buying this stuff too regularly for it to be, like, a casual thing. But I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to buy the cheap shit. I'm going to buy my favourite lip balm and go around with my moisturised lips and live my fucking life but and it, no one's going to stop me. Yeah, but it also makes more sense because if you buy the cheap one, you'll use it once and throw it away. At least you buy yeah. this one. You'll use it at some point. Yeah, I'm <laughs> squeezing the last little centimetre out. But it just was this kind of guilty thing I felt because I was like, oh, sweet Lord, I have about five of these open at home. Again, I've forgotten it <laughs> for the, like, tenth time, but I don't care. I don't care. I'm buying it and I'll just buy a cheaper dinner. Yeah. Like, like Carrie with her Vogue magazines. Oh, my God. Sometimes Vogue fed me more than dinner. Fashion feeds me. <laughs> Moisturized lips feed us. Yes. It's just about, like... Just doing you, just like living your best life. Yeah, and don't feel guilty over that box. No, or so. if you have like a favorite moisturizer and you want to moisturize your whole body in it, <laughs> I've done that do before. It. I've done like where I've bought like a quite expensive face moisturizer. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck it. I know, I'm like, my leg would love it too. <laughs> yeah, my leg would love it. I don't have to tell anyone. <laughs> and I wake up silky, like, oh my lord. And I'm like, do you know what? One word, YOLO. <laughs> Literal fucking... Actually, outsider is YOLO. Outside it's a YOLO state YOLO. of mind. It's a YOLO yeah, state of mind. it's like you can save your moisturizer 
but you could spill it tomorrow, so I may as well lash it yeah. all over my legs. It's like you're whatever. using it. You're still using it, girl. Yeah, so it's your body of choice, If girl. you've had a beauty outsider moment like that, let us fucking know. Drink outside responsibly, legally, all that good shit. Yes. And our next question is going to be me asking Lindsay oh again God. from our Tumblr. There you go, honey. Okay. Hey gals, I love the podcast. Uh, not only have I binge listened to all the episodes, but I've also binged all seasons of Sex in the City. So good there you girl. go. Good girl. Good girl. Anyway, I'm writing because I'm in a bit of a funky situation. Like Lindsay, I was brought up in a really strict Christian family. I was also taught that drinking and dressing not modestly is a sin, not to mention sex until marriage. Uh, safe to say that when I went to college and moved out, I was, went a bit wild. <laughs> but once I got over the Catholic guilt, loved it. Recently, I've had to move back in this year once I finished college and I'm hating life. My parents' rules are so strict, but obviously I have to respect them because I'm living under their roof. I'm not in a position financially where I can move out, but I'm miserable. I'm painfully single, but dating is next to impossible with curious parents who have hopes I'll marry a nice Christian boy. I can't go out in the piss, plus I have to monitor everything I say and watch. Help me, I am so sad. So that may be so sad, but I think it's really good that girls like this, because I think it is not spoken about that much, because the whole, like, I mean, whether you're Catholic or Christian or, like, heavily religious in Ireland. Whatever it is, yeah. Our parents' generation were definitely brought up in that, and, you know, even though yours weren't brought up, like, you know, super Christian, or they don't practice uh, Catholicism, should I say, they found Christianity later, but it's still that kind of mindset. So what do you think about this girl situation? I love getting a question like this because, like you said, it's not spoken of that regularly, but it definitely happens a lot more than you would think, to the point where I think people who have grown up in a family like this just shoot, like just are so used to not acknowledging it and trying to squash it, so it's not a conversation that they would have with their friends, maybe. Um, I mean, it's a really, really difficult one because... There's two types of guilt with, like, you know, quote-unquote... I always call it Catholic guilt, even though I wasn't brought up Catholic. My father Mm -hmm. was brought up in his family when he was a kid. He was brought up in a Protestant home. And they weren't, like, intensely Protestant. It wasn't like, you know, church was a big deal in their household. My mum was brought up Catholic, Catholic, but again, it wasn't, like, you know... it was just cultural Catholicism. Yeah, exactly. It was just the typical Irish Catholicism, but then... My parents both grew up and they found the Christian church and they got completely enveloped in it and really ingrained to the point where they, like, are highly involved in the church and their beliefs are rooted in those beliefs that the church say and, like, there's no budging of those beliefs, you know? And, um, yeah, it's, it's like a constant struggle because as you're growing up in that, your parents are grown. Like, your parents Mm -hmm. have done their growing by the time they had me anyway. They were, like, grown. They'd been through their struggles. They'd had their... Like, my mum used to be an air hostess. She used to have her wild days. So bloody glam. Thinking of Uh, Evelyn as an air hostess. It makes my life. I know. (laughs) And back then, like, they had to look, be a certain height, have a certain hair. She was was she? She was. Mm. Very glam. But, like, she kind of had... Like, she used to tell me that, like, she used to go to New York. Like, that was her Mm. destination. So she would only pack, like, cocktail dresses because when she was in New York, she'd be going out and being glam. And then she Your mum is also so bloody, like, like she'd be like, cocktail dresses, like, and her makeup on and all. My mum is never not done up, like... 
And um, then she apparently got into the, into the church somehow, and she was like, I didn't know what to wear. All I had my wardrobe was cocktails. <laughs> so she had her wild moments, and so did my dad. My dad used to have, like, That's a way, I never and, thought about it like this. Yeah. So, like, it's almost like, sorry, I'm just kind of understanding it, because just for background, like, I didn't really grow up in a religious kind of upbringing at all. Um, so, like, it's almost like, like they made the decision to go into the Christian church when they were grown. When they'd done all the fun shit, yeah, basically. they've done the fun shit. They had done their fuck ups. They had done who knew, knew, knows what, you know, kids in the eighties. Yeah, and they had made this decision to go into this kind of more conservative Christian life when they're, they're adults. But you grew up with the adult decision. That's so interesting. Yeah, totally. Like my dad had a motorbike. He used to go like camping all the time. He used to, like he denies it, but we can see from the freaking pics <laughs> that he definitely. Well, like, we're like, Dad, you must have had girls. Did you ever date anyone else? No. We can see girls in the pics. He's like, no, no. I'm like, but my, but my nan told me that you had a girl at the back of your motorbike. He's like, no, no. I'm like, so it gives you no room to budge. You yeah. Know? Like, they're like, no, no. You know, we had a very innocent life, mm. and then we found each other and had you guys. Like, there was no... Like, my so mom is never... Different different my parents. I know, like, your parents were more open. Like, my parents... Like, through my aunts, sometimes when my aunts have had a few sliders, a few they'll be like, your mum used to be mad about this guy called Steve. <laughs> We'd be like, what? Tell us, tell us. And my like, mum, Cecily was telling us that you used to have a boyfriend called Steve. She'd be like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I saw him, like, once. And I'm like, Cecily said that you were almost married to the witch. Like, no, I didn't. I'm, okay. Never mind. Like, there's no questioning. Um... And it's definitely hard, like, I think when I kind of found myself and, like, you know, just found my own ideas and decided that actually, like, it's very hard when you're brought up in, you know, with a religious background, like, you know, and you're like, this is right, this is wrong. For example, repeal is a huge topic at the moment, and it's a really religious-based topic. Like, I feel still, like certain guilt within me when I'm going against the norm that was spoken of in the church whether mm-hmm. it's sex before marriage whether it's being a single mom whether it's voting to repeal and talking about repeal and being on that side I still feel like there's something in me that is like anti-God like am I not going to go to heaven for that and mm-hmm. that is in me and my only way to kind of like eradicate that is to just like just think like I just try and think of like they saw Jesus as this compassionate person. Jesus apparently hung around with freaking prostitutes. Jesus was, like, open to all different people. Jesus gave us free will. So I'm just going to go by that. I'm not going to read the freaking Bible that was mm. written, like, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. I'm gonna, After Jesus. Yeah. Like, you know, that exactly. Way. I'm gonna, and, like, in the Bible it said, like, go by what the earth is saying. Like, mm. if your land chooses, like, go by the land's rules. Don't go by the Bible's rules. So, mm-hmm. like... That's in the Bible to a certain freaking extent. Like, I yeah. obviously don't know the verse. Do well, you, know I mean? you know, but it's also like, you know, the, I mean, with, you know, we're getting deep now with, like, religion and shit. Deep. But, like, you know, there's so, there is, like, you know, I've seen that and I understand why. Like, there's a huge backlash against, like, you know, if we talk about Christianity as a whole. Like, you know, Christianity includes Protestant, Catholicism, all the rest. Yeah. In Ireland. Because, yes, there is this horrible shadow of the... I mean, incredibly negative impact that the when I talk about the Catholic Church, it's like it's the um, structure of this like politically powerful like you know kind of establishment rather than the belief. Like my granny was a Catholic, like 
I've no bloody problem with anyone who's... Like, my granny was a devout Catholic, as in, like, she'd lose her glasses prayer to St. Anthony for a month, yeah. a week. You know, I've no problem with that, but it's the institution of the Catholic Church which has had the, the worst impact on the on the country, you yeah, know? Yeah, which is basically trying to kind of imprint their beliefs on every... Yeah, well, it's just it's no separation of state and church, which is yeah. just bad, you know? And so... But there are obviously really, I mean, there's so many really good Christians out there. And there's also so many good lessons to be learned from the teachings of Jesus or the Bible or, you know, all these things. There are good There things. are. And that's what kind of helped me. Like, I was, like, growing up and thinking, like, you know, I want to have a sense of God and a sense of that in my life. Mm. However, I don't connect to the rules that the church are telling me to connect with. Like, I want to have sex before marriage. I want to have fucking one night stand. Yeah. I want to do those things. And I don't want to feel like I'm this evil, sinning person straight mm. to hell for doing so. And I also want to have compassion for women who, you know, should have abortions. Or, you know, I want to have compassion in yeah. general for whatever people are going through. Yeah. And what is difficult is growing up with a family, like with parents who don't, who like live off, you know, saying that they have compassion, but don't actively like practice compassion or they like or I mean, they selectively practice some compassion it's like they might be compassionate against homeless people mm. but they won't be compassionate against as you said women who have to have an abortion yeah. so it's like it's it's selective you and know? it's also it's kind of like a weird, like my parents would give a lot to um charities and things so they're actively doing something good like that but then they would never understand and they actively will not even debate with me abort repeal the eighth is not a conversation yeah. my parents have like the leaflets in the home but they will not talk yeah a sentence about it it's not allowed like being spoken of in the home which is really hard but annoyingly the writer here the gal questioning here is living with her parents annoyingly if you're under their roof, you have to adhere to their rules. Yeah, as she says, you know, she does say it. Yeah, like, when I was living at home, like, I couldn't date and things like that. And I did find little ways to manoeuvre myself to be able to have dates. And I would just be like, I'm going and staying in Jenny's or, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Like, I feel like you can feel like, and I found that hard to swallow because I was like, felt like I was living a lie. However, the parents are setting you up for, like, an unrealistic you know, perception of, like, how your life should go. Like, I mean, you don't want to lie that you're probably going to go on a date with a guy and maybe go back to his house. However, if you reveal that to your parents, it would probably be a huge, big deal and they might even kick you out. And it's and it's not worth the dude. Like, you know no. what I mean? It's like, the one-night stand isn't worth the, like, massive fight in your family. Yeah, and what I've learned is, like, not guilting or shaming myself for my parents' beliefs. And it doesn't have to mean that, like, you're not religious or you're, like, straight to hell or you're, like, anything like that. Like, so, just as someone who, like, just to maybe get the, to prod you a little bit, how do you think, like, what are some tips that you could give to someone who, as this girl, like, this girl seems to maybe still have, like, you know, kind of a root of God in her life and, like, maybe the Christian belief system. and But she doesn't, as you said, adhere to kind of her parents' kind of overall kind of dogmatic kind of belief system yeah. and enforcing it on her like how can you kind of because uh, I know you like you both do you do have like a kind of like belief and sense of like spirituality and God in your life but without also adhering to the strict rules like is there any mm. tips you could give to her to kind of be able to process the two thoughts at the one time I think what's helped me is figuring out that the church as a collective is not God mm -hmm. and my parents are not God mm -hmm. they were not put here to be God and 
that's where I think a lot of religion has spawned off this horrendous kind of like just dictatorship like do they not remember that we were given free will Mm -hmm. we have the ability to do what we want for a reason God did not like put like God could stop all this if Jesus was so horrified at abortions happening he could just come down and stop it all he doesn't he's letting people have free will so therefore I kind of see it as God doesn't think it's that fucking bad yeah and I can find if I can find compassion that's God in me that's what I think like if I can find like see someone who's going through like a homeless man who's done all like or you know a fucking fuck boy who's done awful things to me and if I can still have some compassion towards Mm -hmm. them and like see some good in them that's like the goodness in me and the like you know they say God is love it's like consistently trying to like see goodness in people mm-hmm. but I think religions don't want to do that a lot mm-hmm. of like it's you like know separating religion and kind of the the lessons that religion can teach you it's like being able to separate them like the organized religion is kind of like the same as you know when me and you kind of uh we'll talk about feminism and we'll, like mm. that's the same thing it's like you know for example last or two episodes ago or whatever when we kind of spoke about how we are now we don't really like to talk about ourselves as feminists we don't really like to use the word as a a descriptor of ourselves yeah but it's like that doesn't mean that we still have those certain beliefs like we're not like anti what like we got a lot i got we got some questions not a lot but we got some questions one from a really nice girl who i actually met at a party the week before about it and she was kind of saying like oh like i wish you guys wouldn't distance yourself from the word because you know we need people like you fighting in our corner and i kind of replied to her and i was like we're still fighting in your corner Mm. i just just don't want to be associated with the group mm, and it's kind of yeah. a similar thing with religion it's like you can still have christian values and you know learn le- like about forgiveness and you know empathy and these kind of nice values that like to be honest the western world is kind of shaped on without being like but i'm a member of the church like the I church mean, is a collective. group it's a yeah. collective group for example i was over at my mom's it was the first snow day and my mom was like come down here come down it's warm here i have soup quickly get down i was like grand actually i can chill down in my mum's house because the kids were driving me wild Mm -hmm. went down the kids were driving me wild down there and my mum was just like asking me she was like so Lindsay what do you think about this Christian camp for you and Rilo Um, it's in September I was like uh, yeah, I'll think about that. I'll think another day. I will think about <laughs> yeah. that. She wanted me basically to go down to Wicklow to this. Um, you did went last year, didn't you? Um, I went down to Greystones with my mom last year, but she was kind she of stayed the whole doing time. it, and I just kind of popped down. But she wanted me to on my own. Me and Riley go down for like three days <laughs> in Wicklow. Like I have been at the place before. Like there's no like freaking pubs nearby, for example. Like I mean, what am I going to be doing? Bringing there's my no outlet. Yeah, like in a little trap. Like what am I going to be doing? And these are obviously the people who are going to be. Going down super there. Christian, yeah, like they like go to church like at least once a week. Yeah, you're not going to meet another them. mad man yeah, down exactly. there. Like, off yeah. like, I mean, fingers bloody cross. I mean, yeah, maybe <laughs> I'll try and put that out there. But yeah, so she was like, I mean, what? We're in like March, and she's asking me about that. I was like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it, but I don't want to like do it right now. And she was like, no, you need to do it now. It's 50 euro deposit and we'll get Fiona get the laptop I was like <laughs> oh god signing your life away yeah and she was like no because if you don't do it now it books out it books out and I was like ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true baby 
It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm sure it doesn't. She's like, it does. Like, oh. Well, and then I was like, okay, well, I'd prefer to actually do maybe a family thing. But so it's not just me because like I don't have anything in common with these people. I can't talk about the church I'm not a part of a church. And she was like, are you a part of it? I was like, okay. And I felt like she was burying me in a hole where I had yeah. to again be like, mum, I don't want to go into my mum's house and be like, I'm anti this. Mm. I don't want to say that. Like, that's not... Out of respect. It's yeah. like what this girl is saying. You're like, yeah. you're under her roof. So you don't want to like... Yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't want to. But I was like, mum, to be honest, you asking me to go down to this freaking like Christian week but do you want to come to my birthday party do you want to put on hot pants <laughs> and a sash hands and have a sash till god knows when we'll leave dad with the kids you come on out we'll get fa- like no, I, I don't love it. I don't ask you on that because I know yeah. it's now your vibe yeah. that doesn't mean she's not a fun gal exactly just as like me, she's fun in her own context yeah, just like me saying no to the Christian thing doesn't mean I'm not like interested in that kind of stuff I've been to those like I mean you spend your childhood at those I've been to those and I see that they're damaging and I don't want to fucking be a part Mm. of it I've seen I've gone down to those places where I've been to like children one on one freaking like whatever they're called like just Christian camps there's speakers talking about how masturbation is awful, how smoking and drinking is awful, how it's setting up kids for failure and I don't want to be a part of that Mm. and how do you feel about Rilo like I'm going to, like, I feel as long as he's enjoying it, yeah. like, he goes to church with my parents, but it's very, he's at the age where it's very fun and stuff like that. Yeah, because I guess because you've been through it, you know when it starts to get a bit more, like, I guess maybe when they're coming into their teens, they're a bit more, like, masturbation. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. When And then, like, I think, like, I mean, I was still forced to go to church when I was in first year. Yeah, but maybe and he'll have the free will. You yeah, can, like, exactly. let him choose. Or yeah, whatever. if he doesn't want to go, like, I'm not going to be making him go. Yeah. Like, only when he wants to go, I let him go. I ask him when mm-hmm. he wants to go. It's more of a, like... Yeah, it's his free will. For him. As you said, it's yeah. his, he's exercising his free will. Mm. So, with this girl, would you have any tips for her? Like, so, obviously, like, she... I think she's in the same mindset as you, as in, like, she's like, I grew up in this kind of dogmatic, very, uh, you know, strict household. I then moved away from it kind of was able to see that that's not my real life and she's fine with it but now that she's gone back like I always find like when you move like when I moved back from New York and my parents I kind of regressed a bit and was kind of like fuck you mom like you yeah, do kind of go back to this yeah. like teenagery kind of way because that's just how you deal with it I guess but do you think actually when you're under their roof oh yeah like do you think there's a way that she can like have her cake and eat it too like can she be dating can she be going out you know, like, is that possible? Or do you think that maybe she has to, like, I don't know, wait till she's living alone? I think from experience, from my experience of me and my sisters, like, me and my sisters tested my parents. Yeah. You know, they told us, like, for the first, 
up until college, I very much just adhere to their rules I didn't date in school I was fearful of dating because I was just so afraid of the backlash I would get from them or from the church I just didn't do it and I'm the oldest eldest so I was the kind of guinea pig and then in college I had that little bit more freedom and I started dating and then I was like oh this isn't this horrifying thing that I imagined where it's all like sex drugs Mm. rock and roll (laughs) it's like the church would probably like make you think so I definitely think don't hide yourself from your parents like I've learned to do that now like, I think for many years, I tried to, like, I would dress differently when I went over to my parents, or I would talk differently when I went over to my parents. And now I'm, like, I'm not always 100% myself, but, like, I will, like, throw in the odd swear on my mum. She'll be like, I'm like, what? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Or I'll say something a bit outrageous. Like, mm. I'll be like, you know, just be a bit wild with my parents and, like, be myself with my parents the way that I am with everyone else and test them in that way. I'm like, what are you going to do? This is me. If I'm going to have to, like, if I'm sick, my mum's going to put her hand on my shoulder and pray for me. That's her doing what, what she, she wants, wants to do. What she wants, yeah. So equally, I can be like, mum, get your teeth yeah. out. You know, like, I can say yeah. something outrageous. How's your discharge? Yeah. <laughs> put her in that position. Yeah. And it's not a, like... You know, like, I mean, and also see, like, speak to them openly. If she's like, oh, my goodness, why are you like that? I'm like, because I've been suppressed. Yeah. And this is why I'm like that moment. Yeah. Like, you made me. You know, you've been yeah. there. It's for- like, and you controlled the world that I grew up in. You know, that way. Yeah. It's like, you, not saying, like, oh, it's all your fault, but it's like, I'm like this because of, you know, th- there is the nurture part of the whole upbringing. It's like, you grew up in these Christian camps and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and this has produced me. Yeah, exactly. Like, and this is my reaction yeah. to it. And this is what, like, I was today speaking to um, a Christian mother that I know from the church who has um, four daughters who I, some of them I have on Instagram, who are very Instagrammy gals, you know, they're, like, posing on Instagram. They're their type of way on Instagram. And she was saying that she went to the pro-life um, march, march and she put it up on my Mazzy drink group. And, you know, and I wrote to her individually and I was like, you were, you know, I was just kind of back and forth debating with her and trying to be like, you were basically just putting your daughters possibly in a di- really difficult situation or whatever. And she was like, you know, just this blockage. My daughters will never be like that. I'm like, you have to understand that this is what people at the church have to understand. They can build you up. They can bring you up whatever way that they think you doesn't mean. There's no scientific proof that you're going to end out that way. Mm. You can like... My if parents, anything, it's the latter. Exactly. Like, my parents brought me up, like, no sex before marriage, no sex before marriage. Like, abortions is murder. Like, drilled into my head. Like, I was brought to Liberty Hall to these speeches mm. where an American woman was speaking and she was, like, apparently supposed to be aborted and here she is speaking yeah. about, like, pro-life shit. Like, I was there. I lived it. I was believing it. And I still came to the conclusion that I'm pro-choice. Yeah. If I got pregnant tomorrow, I probably would have an abortion. And here I am, no sex. I'm, like, freaking trying to divorce my first dude and I'm sexing all over the place. Like, I'm yeah. like, two kids from two different dads. So their upbringing and their obsession with, like, those rules mean shit to me. Yeah. And they... And still in such a way. So, like... Because like, it doesn't always, like... You can force and force and force, like, certain things on someone. And it, it, like, as you said, people have their free will. And there is certain aspects of human beings that, like, their personality will come out. Like, just like if someone is gay. Like, you can yeah. literally be like, gay, being gay is a sin, being gay is a sin. If someone's gay, they're gay. Or people are like, being gay is, like... 
from what they've brought up if their father has left or if they had yeah. a bad like situation with their dad and then they're like trying to revalue that relationship by being gay like there's all these different things that like a lot of the time you know if you I, if you're a pro-choice person please go and look at the pro-life freaking leaflets and you'll see this is what we are brought up with it's mm. lies a lot of the time I was brought up to think that gay men always came from just having a bad background of a father yeah lack of a father yeah that kind of stuff they always bring back to that and so like that's why I think your voice in your own home whether yes you're living under their roof but it's so important to be yourself because they did create that like, yeah you know like not so it's more it's it's kind of like for this girl where it's like look there are obviously going to be things that you like there's things that I can't I live with my parents now I'm like saving for a fucking gaff I, I can't do certain things like I can't be like up till 4am me friends over having a sesh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like I live my mom's I'm not gonna do that to them you know but or have Michael over and be like we're in here tonight you're uh, staying in your yeah, room yeah it's like can you get, <laughs> yeah. get out of the sitting room we're having a movie night yeah. and a dinner night so yeah so fuck off you know so it's like there are some boundaries that you can't do in your parents house and that will always be there however there are also some things that maybe this girl can do that will make her life a bit easier like going out on a Wednesday like, if her mum's like, what are you doing? It's like, it's my mum. This is when my friends go out. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, or if she's going on a Tinder date and she doesn't want to tell your, her mum, just say that you're going to a friend. Or yeah. if you're, like, I mean, I get it with the fucking show thing. Oh, my God. I remember, like, me and my sisters would be watching, like, Sex and City or Sugar Rush or something. Oh, yeah. My mum would always, without fail, come in. At the most <laughs> sexual part. Like, there was a part where Charlotte was, like, standing in front of train. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a woman. I am sexual. And my mum was like, what? I was like, why now? You didn't come in when they were talking about Manolo freaking blonde. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it's like, so it's like they hear it. Like, my mum at some points listened on the phone. Like, she would quietly pick up the phone and listen to my conversations. She sometimes opened my oh letters. My, my mum was on me like a flying freaking shit, and I still have two kids out of wedlock, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you can get it done yeah. if you want to. You gotta just do it, and you just have to be, again, we say, this podcast is sponsored by Outsider. Be unapologetic. Yeah. Just because they brought you up as so and they are giving you their house, they're freaking not going to throw you out of that house. And if they are, that's completely unchristian and you'll freaking find your way. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, there's certain, as you said, like, you know, there's, there's certain things you can do, certain things you can't do. But the one thing that you can do is just be yourself and, like, there's no point in pausing your life just because you're living with your mom and dad like you yeah. have to be able to have some sort of standard life and some sort of like enjoyment and whether that is saying oh I'm going over to Lindsay's house tonight and maybe you're going on a Tinder date to meet up with the girlies later yeah once you're I mean like obviously take care of yourself and make sure your friends know where you are and all that kind of good stuff but like you know the sometimes a white lie isn't the worst thing okay even when like my parents are fucking open free-spirited motherfuckers when i was dating around when i started meeting michael i wasn't like hey man i'm going over to a fella's gaff yeah i yeah. was like i'm going to Lindsay's house <laughs> be like, proves you that you want to maintain yeah like and don't, your own self. you know like don't feel guilty about it and you're an adult like you've been to college you've got educated all the rest yeah and you, you can have respect for your parents while also i think having respect for yourself and i do find like for me like if your parents are super religious that is sometimes a reason for them to like I remember when it was the marriage equality 
shit was going down like me and my parents had really interesting conversations about that and it kind of like I think that even though they may not have agreed with everything I was saying mm-hmm. they did see where I was coming from mm-hmm. I think parents fear that you're just flippantly doing things yeah. to be wild if they know that you are, like have a reason and have roots that you're not yeah. just randomly going around being this wild bitch and being anti-religious <laughs> yeah. if you're like no like you're not I'm doing it compassion to people and I'm doing this because I have friends in this situation mm. I've lived it it kind of can bring them back down to earth not from 100% again like I was saying like I've tried my best to talk to my parents about certain situations that they will just eradicate and ignore and still spout the same shit but like I've slowly just learned to be myself around my parents and she my mum still goes out to me for swearing but like I'll still just be myself like she'll be like well, what's going on with uh, your husband what's going on with the divorce I'm like well he's an absolute loser pathetic asshole and he hasn't written back and she's like Lindsay I'm like what <laughs> like she doesn't I know that she doesn't like those words yeah spoken about in her car but that's just how you would respond anyway yeah I'm just like you know who I am mum yeah you're Especially not going to censor yourself media. like you can see me on social media you can see me my mum is once she says that she stumbled across the podcast. Oh, yeah. And it was the one that was like, casual sex, fucking yeah. dudes, and lickouts. Yeah, something, something like that. so OTT. <laughs> and she didn't even come to me. She just knows who I am now. And she kind of like... Stumbled I know that. I stumbled. I, I, I stumbled. came out on the she phone. She listened to it on Rylo's phone. <laughs> and like, I... I really do know that Ryan has never listened to It Gal podcast. Like, my sister once got a tattoo, and she was living at home, like, she was working, living from home, and she got a tattoo, and, so, like, she put it up on her Instagram, she was prepared to just, like, hide it for my mum. My mum wasn't on Instagram at the time, but she somehow, within five minutes of the photo being up, saw it, saw it and rang me, was like, what? And she was like, well, she's out of the house. No way in hell she's out of the house tomorrow. She told my sister she was like, she's the out house. of the house. Fiona was like, Ugh, what? Was it the Rhino one? The no, movie? it's the random arrows. Oh, yeah. Like and she was like, no, she's out of the house. And then she was like, fine. She changed her mind. She was like, fine, she can stay in the house, but she has to have it covered at all times. And now she's fucking flashing her A week later, she was like, let's all go swimming on the beach. <laughs> Fiona was like, do I need to lie Giella Lawson myself and wear some, like, full body suit? A burka, and I was, burka. Yeah. I was like, Fiona, let's just, like, go to the beach and, you know, she wore a t-shirt, but, like, clearly the yeah. thing was visible. And it was just never spoken of again. Yeah. It's like, they get over shit. Yeah, and she didn't actually, like, sometimes they can, like, say things like that. Like, if you went on a date, we'd kick you out. If you, if we heard you were having sex, we'd kick you out. Yeah. Try them, honey. They won't. <laughs> Pay them a bit of rent. They'll be living off that They'll be laughing that shit off. Show them a few dollar bills, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, So you've okay. got two more that we're going to do really quickly. These are less intense yes. ones, kind yes, of. Yes, yes, yes. Fly through them. Go on, okay. Lindsay. What's the next one for me, honey? Jenny, honey. <laughs> my voice. <laughs> hey gals, so I've been with my boyfriend a little over two years, and ever since I've known him, he's smoked weed. That That's we could. <laughs> it was never too bad, it would just be the odd joint here and there, but in the past six to eight months, it's become excessive. He smokes joints as if they were just cigarettes. He even has to have one as soon as he gets up in the morning, and then it'll be non stop throughout the day. His mom rang me in tears, asked me to say something to him, but I don't know what to say. Please help XO. <laughs> okay, girl. I love it. Yeah. Hug. I have a fucking real life, this exact boyfriend, ex-boyfriend of mine, was this dude. Okay, like... Michael Lerdekeur. <laughs> <laughs> Michael 
cycle is a sweet leaf. Broke up with him today. <laughs> no, my ex fucking boyfriend. Had a school first year yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, we were together for ages, and this dude, like, wh- so, you know, something that I realized through this like fucking relationship or whatever and his whole thing with weed is that like people can be an addict to anything I don't think that like most people who smoke weed are like fucking addicts okay like obviously I mean if weed was legal fucking faux 20 baby like I mean it's obviously been proven in it's been proven in like states across America that there has medical impact I'm not like you know a fucking haughty totty like cancel them all fucking illegal it's illegal it's like it's not obviously like you know it's just like fucking having a can you know however there was one thing I did realise here is that like people can be an addict to anything someone can be addicted to their phone someone can be addicted to a fucking relationship someone can be addicted makeup. to a fucking makeup to lip injections to anything heroin exactly and an addictive personality can manifest in any substance whatsoever it can be mm-hmm. alcohol it can be social media it can be OCD shit exactly narcissism like who knows so it's not so much that like it's the the substance is the problem it's that they have this personality trait that like they're trying to cover up something my ex-boyfriend was like oh like i mean i will shit talk him like he was i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) for a second i was gonna be like trying to be diplomatic but like i don't give a fuck he was a fucking waster like Uh he was the typical like lived at home no hope of a job sat at home on his ps4 all day like lived off his mum's money like never like pretended to go to college for three yeah pretended to go to college for three and a half weeks to colossia do like i mean it was like the worst situation you could think of like and i will call it out because i do not want any girl to have to fucking go through that poxy type of relationship because it's a Mm -hmm. waste of time and he would exactly as this girl say smoke fucking weed like cigarettes and he has an addictive personality and it was just like it was just a shit show like it was just he would do this thing where I would I was in like probably sixth year first year college sixth year actually when it was like we were together solidly and he was like finished school or whatever he was two years Uh ahead of me in school or one year sorry one year ahead of me no, two. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm all over Sorry. You stung, girl. I stung, baby. <laughs> he was two years ahead of me. So he was out of fucking school two poxy years. Not okay, worked. So you were in six years. Not worked a goddamn day in his life. Not one. And on the dole? Barely. He only got on the dole after two years. He only uh, bothered his hours to go down to the fucking... Uh, yeah. Like, fucking shocking. And he... Um, I do this thing where he'd be like, oh, do you want to come over to my house? And I'd be like, okay. And I just, it was a fucking trek to get to his house. Mm. On buses here, there, everywhere. I'd get to his gaff and the whole entire time of me being in his house <clears throat> would be him smoking a joint, playing PS4 and me watching him. And let me just tell you, if you have a fella who is like this, that's your life. It won't get better. And unless you were into the Genja too, which yeah, I was and not. The and the gaming, which I was they not. They kind of go hand in hand. Sometimes they do. I mean, it's just not a fucking life worth living. Like, and what I mean to this girl is that, like, yeah, you can be on the phone to his fucking ma. You can be on the phone to his friends trying to get him off it. It's just not going to work. Like, something that I've just learned in life is, like, if people are going to be, like, constantly going into these, like, addictive personality traits, they'll always do it. 
you know, people can be the most convincing people. He would say, that, oh, I'm going to quit weed. Like, I realize it's bad for me. I realize, like, it's not helping my life. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, amazing, amazing. And I'd be so into it. And then two weeks later, he'd buy a fucking 10 spot. For example, and I kind of had a similar ex. Rilo's dad was similar in the fact that he was obsessed with weed. He hated cigarettes. He never would, like, smoke a cigarette because he was, you know, would only smoke weed. Mm. Was, they have all their weird little things. Yeah. Where they're like, I would never smoke a ciggy. No, my ex was fucking hoofing them into oh, really? as well. Oh, yeah. Mine was like, no, Nothing I going. hated cigarettes. Just weed, just weed. But I think it kind of gave him more of a leeway to just smoke as much weed as he mm. wanted because he wasn't smoking cigarettes. And he was a gamer. Mm. Now, I'm going through the court system, baby girl, as you know, trying to get that divorce. And when I last went with the court and he said that he had no money to give and I found him on social media and I've screenshot fucking loads of pictures. And this is six years on. What do you think he's doing? Smoking weed and playing games. He's playing the games. And I don't, like he told me years ago that he stopped smoking weed, but either way, he's still gaming. Like, he's, like, all of his posts are, like, him with a freaking Xbox controller with weird little Xbox covers. And the, I like mean, there's something wrong with gaming. There is when it's an addictive quality, when it's, like... like well, when, yeah, when it's Some of his stopping, captions yeah. were, like, I played for 24 hours. Oh, well, yeah, that's done. You know, like, yeah. fair enough, like, you know, a dude leaving work and playing for a couple hours, whatever. There's, again, yeah, like... Doing you know, anything for 20 hours is mad. Like, yeah. Could you imagine? But it's going back into the addictive. Like, yeah. I mean, we all have ex-boyfriends or guys that we know who dabble in weed or who dabble in freaking gaming or being in a band it's when they take it to the level of being obsessed where it's they're all consuming obsession Mm -hmm. like they can't just smoke weed like a casual dude who smokes weed whenever you know no it has to be their whole life revolves around yeah or their whole life revolves around freaking xbox and that was like what my ex was like it was like but it's like, especially when they're living in this false sense of like, no, I will give it up. I will give it up. And it's like, you're constantly in between this, like two worlds of like helping him giving up and he buys it again and helping him giving it up again. And it's just like when his mom's fucking ring you up about him being on weed, it's like, this is not your problem. And I also, it just doesn't have to be your problem either. Like it's, it's just so fucking, it's just annoying. Like, I mean, fair enough. Some people are really into weed. And that is grand. But if you are not into it, and you've got a fella who is definitely, like, showing some addictive qualities and addictive traits in his personality, like, you have to choose whether you want to be a part of that or not. Because this might be him forever. But also, I think it gives you a false, like, kind of world. If you're, like, in cahoots with the mum and the friends, you can feel like you're all in this, like... yeah group together and that makes you a really solid part of his life and an important part of his life mm-hmm. whereas next week it could be a different girlfriend that's whoever's going to put up with the wanker and it's just I mean the thing is is like it's like we were talking about earlier on this is him exercising his free will as a human being sometimes free will goes the best way sometimes it goes the worst way this guy is saying that he wants to dedicate a severe amount of his like income and his time to smoking weed Mm. and you know especially if you're not someone who smokes a lot of weed like being around someone who's a massive stoner is like really awkward like you're just like when I would go over to my ex-boyfriends like he would be like fucking smoking so much weed and like we'd barely speak because he'd just be monged and it was the same with mine like he would be in and out in and out and I wasn't smoking it and he'd be on a different level and it's again with like weed a lot of the time it's also the chase of like where am I going to get it we have to go Mm. get it and like the money they spend on it is crazy but I do feel like 
addictive qualities are quite like similar, like whether they're addicted to weed or coke or drink, like addictive people have qualities of like being liars, of being... Mm, Even just cigarettes. Like, I mean, I've had like, you know, even this ex that I had, like, it was also like after a while he stopped talking about weed and then it was all of a sudden he was going to quit cigarettes and it was this big whole thing and I will quit, I will quit, I will quit and then he quit for three days and I'd see him next time he'd pack a cigarette. You know what I mean? It's like... And what what would he be like after the big, like show of being like I'm going to quit and like they think they're deadly and then you know what I mean it's just this like fucking endless cycle and I just realised that like you can invest a serious amount of your own like emotions and time and you know resources and thought into helping someone quit something they're going to do what they want to do like they're just you can put in like you can have his ma call you up you can be fucking talking to his friends you can be trying to help this dude stop doing whatever the fuck he's doing that you don't want him to do at the end of the poxy day he's gonna do what he wants to do and I do think as well a lot of the time girls will get like involved in the whole romanticism of like trying to pull him away from the obsession Mm. and like the addiction and I can be the answer to him not being addicted to that like if he gave up like it could have been me who made him give up and he did it for me and like the mum could commend you for that like Mm. that kind of thing and it's just like you're not responsible unfortunately as much as you care about someone and as much as you want them to be in their best health you won't you might not be able to change that and if this guy if like I mean there are loads of people out there who would be totally grand with having a fella who is stoned all the time or drunk all the time or on the xbox all the time no matter what the addiction may be you know Mm. But if you're not that person and if there's someone that's doing something consistently that you're just not that into, you have to exercise your free will and be like, that's not my vibe. I yeah. don't want that as a fella. Or, yeah, like as a boyfriend. Like, it's just not the thing that I want from a boyfriend. I don't want that dialogue of my life. Like, if you're not an addictive person, it's really boring to be talking about addictive things like if yeah because it's someone they're always the same narrative where they're like no no i'm gonna quit i can see it's wrong i can see it's wrong two weeks later they're doing it again like or else they're like then hiding it from you like yeah being like no i didn't smoke and you're like i can see that you clearly have yeah. like yeah that's boring and it it's is. just like you just have to at some point i think everyone does have it in like like especially in bad relationships that are going wrong like you should just realize like is this what i want is this entire situation like because you can't just base what you want from a relationship off the best of times you have to look at almost the worst of times and be like am I happy with this being forever Mm. because if I'm happy with this being forever then we're cool Mm. but if I'm not happy with this being my life Mm. then it has to be over because you're it's up to you to make your life something that you want to live like this dude is just going off whatever the fuck he wants to go off like he's just smoking weed he's just doing he whatever he's in his own world like yeah he's happy with it <clears throat> so it's up to you if you're not happy with it to change it like and you know in his mind like you're grand with it probably <laughs> you know what I mean like he's in his own fucking world this is not absolving him of him being a fuckboy or whatever but well, like being a problem like yes he may have like an actual addiction yeah a problem with weed and he might have issues that he he might be covering up from from weed you know that way Mm. so it's like but but again i think the most important thing is that you're not the answer to those issues and you're not the solving of his addiction you're not here to be his fucking therapist and like help him or be the gal who got him off weed yeah all his friends it's not your responsibility it's just not your responsibility it's impossible because you can't get someone off weed 
Yeah. Even if they, even if he does go off it. Yeah. And you think it's because, like, You can't well, keep them off it. Like, no, you, you can go back on it again whenever. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it's not up to you, so... I mean, I hopefully you can just, like, reflect on it, realise if it's something that you want, but it sounds like it's not, and there's plenty of guys out there who weren't like that and there's plenty of girls out there who will be grand with them smoking weed all day and we should possibly do an interesting I think a podcast or even an intro would be good on like if you get on with the mom of someone you're yeah because sometimes that can be a pull into staying with someone yeah totally you're really friends and all the rest life, yeah. Right? yeah so true so That's last true. question last question okay oh my God. hi guys I'm 29 engaged and I've got a 14 month old baby <clears throat> I've completely lost myself in a fog of motherhood and I've no idea how to get my life back. I randomly feel like I hate my fiancé. We haven't really been having much sex. We used to be so in love. I'm going to counselling, but not much is changing. I love my daughter so much and I wouldn't change it for the world, but I'm just this big, fat, breastfeeding, chronically tired shell of a woman. Lulls. Dramatics. I know. Any advice is welcome. So I feel like this is something that like happens to a lot of women that like they go through the whole mm-hmm. pregnancy and the like love and the, oh, I'm pregnant and oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm engaged and then they have the baby and they're like they lose themselves and mm-hmm. I don't have a baby so <laughs> would you like yeah, to explore it Lindsay? I do have two and I totally totally can see where this woman's going from and it's a really lonely place to be in so I can totally like just resonate with that awful feeling of being like ah, I'm so big and I'm so like tied to this baby I have no time to just walk out of my house and fucking do anything like it's so like you feel like you're in a prison like literally if you're if especially if you're breastfeeding you are the sole provider to that baby mm. like you can't leave your baby because they need to be fed via you like it's just beyond um like I think pregnancy when I first like got pregnant you think that it's not going to be that long, but nine months is so long. It's the guts of a year. Yeah, more. And like, I mean, like, yeah. I know it, but it's like... Nine out of 12 months, like, it's And nine so painful long. months. It's not even like, it's like, oh, randomly yeah, nine months. Nine you're, like, yeah. f- getting fatter and you're bloated and you're tired and, you, you know... knackered for the first three because your hormones are all over the place. And then you kind of get okay in the middle trimester. And then the end, you're so big, you can barely walk. You're just like... You know, it's really, like, cumbersome for... A woman to go through and then you have your freaking fella who was grand who has no changes in his life who's there still going to work still doing the same old thing yeah you might be a bit more like moving in the bed at night and that can kind of keep him up but generally speaking he has no changes so that can definitely build up resentment and then you go through the labor which again a lot of the time women are having labor with their boyfriend or their husband mm. in the room and they're going through this severe, intense work, this labour of pain. Husband's just there. Like, being a basic nuisance. Like, all they're worried about is, can I piss or is the baby coming out now? I always do like, that when I see teen mom and they're, like, petting their head. I'm like, I'd be like, fucking stop judging me. That's what I was like. Like, it's weird, like, because when you're in labour, like, you're so sensitive to touch. Like, a petting head can look nice, but it's actually it distracts you from, mm. like concentrating on the actual work of like trying to push the damn baby out like they're petting your head so it's kind of you're thinking about your head and you're yeah. just like no can you not and then they're like no she doesn't they can have you're a mope and you're just like I can't even like try and massage your ego right now because I'm literally trying to push out your freaking baby like 
it's beyond like I know so many women who have had arguments mid labor <laughs> because the man is that like but I understand it from the like male perspective like I don't know what they can do yeah and they want to be involved I guess you yeah, know that like, way. Oh, there's nothing that a man can do but it does just build up this like resentment from the mother towards the male where like you've gone through the pregnancy and it's an unfair that's the thing about like pregnancy and children it's an unfair freaking thing the mother has to go to through pregnancy labor and then breastfeeding and being like being a mother is just there's more weight being put in a mother than a father it's just i mean like i mean if you've carried a baby for nine months breastfed it you're gonna have a different connection you will yeah but even if you're not breastfeeding, there still is that, like, there's just the weight of a mother. Like, mothers get maternity leave. Like, they're supposed to be with the baby all the time. Like, there's the mom guilt. I don't regularly see men have, like, men guilt, or, like, father guilt or whatever, if they're going away to work for three months. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just there's different roles that mothers and fathers have. And, I mean, that's just life. That's not even feminism. That's just, like human nature yeah women carry babies like yeah we're not going to change that anytime soon no like I mean it's like it's not as easy as like oh well we'll just let the men have maternity leave and they stay home no because the mums will still just feel yeah and like there is some places that I know that do paternity leave but it's always after the maternity leave like Mm. because the baby when they're like what one to three months old they're extremely reliant on the mum especially if you're breastfeeding it's just how it is and like also you know if you've just gone through this huge physical like labour you're not exactly ready to pop back into the office. No, like, you know, you need a few months to get your body back, recuperate, get your fucking yeah. body back in cycle, all the rest, you know. So even the companies that do, which is great, offer paternity leave, it's after three months of the woman being on maternity leave, yeah. you know. So there is always that imbalance, which, as you said, is just fucking biology and life. Yeah, unless we can somehow impregnate men, that's not going to change. And, like, women wouldn't even want it to change because, like... If you are bearing a child, you do have that connection and you're not going to, like, I don't, I can't imagine women who are going to be like, yeah, actually, I would prefer the man to be, like, minding the child. I just, that doesn't really happen. I no, don't care. it might happen, but it's a minority at the time. It is. It's definitely the minority now. But I do understand how easy it is to, like, lose yourself in, like, your body's different like your boobs aren't your boobs anymore they the baby sees them as their boobs mm. their food their and they're boobs. not like your boobs aren't these like sexy things anymore they're like fucking milk sacks yeah you know exactly. what I mean? it's like literally is pulling them like mm. what's incredible is like as soon as i had luna i just remember this the other day like i put her up on my chest and she found my boob instantly without me even having like it's mad so crazy so they take ownership of your boob from birth basically mm. and like then I mean even with your clothes when you're breastfeeding you have to like think of clothes that you yeah, can use. you had to wear that fucking breastfeeding bra for about a yeah. year a year I you know, wore it it was so not sexy and also I had to then also try and think of tops that I could easily just like get it out without having to like you can't wear like these tight little cute tops yeah. because you need to be able to get the boob out so and as well on top of all that in Ireland, I think, like, I would hear, like, the murmurs of just conversation being like, you're a mammy now, none of that, none of that. That's the kind of conversation that can happen often. Like, you mm. know, you're not just becoming a mother. When you're a mother, you're supposed to adopt this new personality where you're quite, like... Timid. Yeah, tame and organized. And you have everything, you know, you have your little nappy bag, everything's organized. You're, 
you know, taking the kid out to a coffee shop that also has a playroom mm. and you're busy bodying around with your great buggy and like, you know, it's all very like mammy, you're a mammy now, you know? And I just chose to reject that personally because ew, um, I still wanted to dress how I wanted to dress. I didn't want to define myself as a mother mm. because I was like so young have my kids I was mm. like I'm not ready to give up and I don't think at any age you should be ready to give up your own freaking personality yeah at any age whether yeah. you're 40 having your freaking kids like no like you are still entitled to like we've said before like just as you're entitled to your own privacy you're entitled to your own personality when you're a mom you can still do your job mm. and trying to be the best mom you can but you're you're never going to be the best mom. There's always something more you can be doing mm. as a mother. And it's just about, like, not getting caught up in that kind of guilt. Like, sometimes I'm at home and I'll see, like, you know, my kids are watching TV and I'll go on Instagram and I'll see, like, another mom making homemade Play-Doh with her yeah. And I'm like, oh, shite, I really should do that. Can't be arsed. Oh, well, my kids are grand. I think it's like, it's a lot of weight, it's a lot of pressure to having someone like you're making their childhood. Yeah. You're responsible for their fun. And especially in this day and age where there's more like boundaries, like we can't just let our kids go out in the road as we probably were brought up. Yeah. Like we have to be the like vessel of entertainment mm. of like imagination. Like you see it on freaking Nest Cafe ads where the mum's like getting under the blanket with his son and like yeah. playing imagination with him. Like no, that my mum never got under the fucking blanket with me. We were imagining out with the kids in the road. But if like, you know, it's more common in this day and age for people to have like apartments so mm. they don't have the road. So like it's kinda like a lot more pressure on the mum to be everything. Yeah. Like the mum has to be the blue Peter mum and I was like, fuck that I'm sat at home my arse with the kids all day. I'm not going to be watching the tweenies. Mm. We, like, I still watch my own shit. I listen to my podcast. They can freaking do them. So like, I'm not a kid anymore. What would your tips be to this girl where, like, if, even if you have some, like... Because obviously it's a deep situation and she's going to have to figure out the crux of the <clears> situation <throat> herself. But, like, are there any, like, top-line tips you can give her to kind of maybe feel a bit more herself in this kind of stage she's at? But I, if we're going to talk about, like, I think it must be weighing her down about, like, she said that she's not having sex with her yeah. fiancé at the moment and stuff like that. And I do understand that because that happened with me and my first husband. Like, we were fine. And then just labor is so, it's quite painful. Mm. And then, like, it takes, you think, you're not knowledge as how long it takes to heal afterwards. And... Doctors can say, like, it will take three to six weeks for you to be able to have sex again. But, like, three to six weeks down the line, you're still feeling really raw and, like, bruised and grazed inside yeah, your fucking vagina. Yeah, especially depending on how your labour was. If and you've got stitches. Yeah. yeah, totally. The last thing you want is a freaking hard dick up there ramming its way up and down when you've yeah. just had a baby coming out, like, clawing its way out. Like, no thanks, babes. And that then inevitably brings, uh, like there's a big kind of space in your relationship because the baby's in the way and you're not having sex and the man has heard the doctor say, like your fiancé has heard yeah. the doctor say three to six weeks, but you're taking six months. It took me at least six months for the first time having Rilo to mm. even want in any way to actually desire sex. And I felt totally abnormal because the doctor said three to six weeks. Yeah. But my... Your body was saying something else. Like. Yeah. And the husband's like... I heard the doctor. Do you know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the best way is to be like open with each other just because you like 
mightn't be feeling up for sex you can still be like intimate with your partner if you have a moment where the baby's asleep like even just like talking to your partner about the baby like that's you know something that you created together it's like something that you share together to talk about that and to just have a moment for yourselves have little dates slowly building up like dates for yourself so you can go out and just be the two of you because if it's mm. been the two of you for a long time and now the baby's in the way and you're not having any like time together it doesn't have to just go straight back into sex like you can kind of distract yourself from sex yeah you know with dates and just like kind of getting on again and like you know I'm sure your fiance misses you as well and it's just like getting on the same level almost. yeah doing that kind of thing and then also just like just kind of acknowledging your guilt and trying to like make yourself feel okay for having time on your own like I remember I got caught up with like a lot of Facebook groups I was on like a breastfeeding page and they would say like the cried out method for example mm. it's like so wrong so like my Luna was a crier she would cry a lot and I felt like I had to constantly be with her yeah and like soothe her cries and it wouldn't work and I was just like getting going zany in my mm. head because I was like nothing's happening and I just need a minute like the crying like I, I wanted to just lock myself in a freaking padded room and be like I don't want to hear you and I would sometimes do that I would sometimes like push her away so fucking far in the house and go into my bedroom and be like I'm going to give myself a freaking calm minute yeah and then I'd go on the Facebook groups or whatever and be like that's traumatising your child mm. she will blah 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 fuck that shit that comes from no amount of knowledge and no amount of... Free- like, they can't tell what a baby's thinking. Yeah, because also, like, I mean, my parents definitely did that to me and I'm fucking great. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah. It's all about, like, different aspects of nurture. Obviously, if you're a bad parent in general and you're being mean to your kid and you're leaving them to cry on their own, then that's bad. Yeah. But, like, if you're doing everything else in your power, but, like, every now and again when your kid is having a fucking tantrum... Like, my mum... I remember I talked to my mum about this before, and she was like, Jenny, you... I was a crier. Like, I was... My mom, parents always called me whinge back. Like, I... My parents would be like, Jenny, pull your chair in. And I'd be like... <gasps> like, I would have... And you know, like, when kids get into the, like... <laughs> Like, like that proper crying. like fucking having a panic attack yeah. my mm-hmm. mom was like the only thing that would help you was putting you in your room yeah. and letting you cry it out she's like that was deal with it yourself she's like because you would calm down immediately once people weren't rising Pandering to your to like you fucking so. hysteria you know mm. and like I'm not fucking traumatized <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean like I don't fucking remember it even you know that way and it's like obviously you know there's different situations that it could traumatize a kid obviously if a kid is genuinely sad and your parent, your mother's like abandoning you yeah. yeah but like they're talking about like different situations in these like you know, it's just like googling ways. symptoms. If you're ever like, oh, I exactly WebMD, yeah, it's like great. I fucking cancer. Yeah, lung cancer, brain death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas, like, you can look up, like, can I leave my child to cry for an hour? Yeah, and it would be like, yes, you can, but she probably will get into severe addictive qualities when she's older, and she'll probably be really traumatized, and not be able to get close to people because she can't trust people. Yeah, that's what I was reading, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm still gonna do it though it's because like you I also need- have to trust your your own convictions as a mother you know it's like this is how people used to mother like before we had the internet yeah. before we had fucking facebook like, groups like yeah they used to like put the like i remember my mom was saying that like her mom used to put out the silver cross buggy out in the front garden <laughs> shut the fucking door <laughs> and just like make the dinner like so she could do her thing yeah. like but also you need to be healthy minded yeah like i mean it's little things like for example she's asking how do i get back to myself little things like i would do I would make sure to put on makeup. Mm. Not every day, because that was impossible. But 
you know, when I felt like I really needed to just like feel nice to myself. Yeah. If I needed, like some days I'd be like, no, I really want a lazy day. I'm fine with just looking shit and being on my couch. Yeah. Other days I'd be like, I actually want to get out of my house. I want to bring the baby for a cup. I just need to get out and I need to look good and feel. So little things like self-love, like freaking putting on makeup. The baby, like Luna could be bawling, crying when I'm doing that. I'll just push her the fuck in the living room put on my music really loud, get my makeup done and then I'm in a better mind frame to mind her. Yeah. Whereas if I had like disregarded my own needs and just, you know, nurtured her all morning and just... You resent her almost. Yeah, and then I'm not in a healthy mind. Like, you Mm. also have to look after yourself when Mm. you're mothering. Yeah. It's not all about their needs. No. Honey, you've just come into my life a few months ago, babes. I still have my own needs that I have to freaking deal with. Yeah. They can cry. And you want to be in, as you said, the most healthy mindset to be a mum. Like, yeah. you, you can't be a mum and, like, that's when motherhood does go bad, when you're not in a healthy mindset and you're devoting... Like, you hear of these women who lose five years of their life and they're just, like... Yeah. They don't have a sense of themselves anymore. Their whole sense of themselves is in their baby. And that's also not healthy. It's no. finding that balance between the two. You know, that way, between yeah. what you used to be and what you are now and having, like, a new person come out from it like not feeling guilty for doing things that you need to do like if you're sat at home with your baby and there's loads of washing in the sink that needs to be done and you know if you do that your baby's going to be bawling crying still do it because it needs to get done yeah like your baby like life has to go on yeah exactly and you just can't feel guilty for stuff like that so practicing self-love like keeping your house nice like seeing people that you might know who have babies or who mm. like you can meet up for simple little like not long hangouts just like a little coffee yeah like there. me and you would meet up for like one drink or like yeah. you know like a little fucking half a lunch and stuff like yeah. that like small things you know and also asking people like I think Irish people have such a hard time like people can offer help like mm. my mum is very like thankfully she's very like I will take them on Saturday yeah. she doesn't kind of just ask like sometimes yeah. if she was like will I take them Saturday I'm like no it's fine she'd be like I know I will yeah, like, like, be like, ah, it's good. But some people would be like, oh, if ever you need a babysitter, let me know. Yeah. And it's, like, let, and it's hard, but, like, don't be fearful of being like, actually, I really could do if you can't, like, putting people in their place and being like, yeah. oh, you offered that, could you actually come over for a couple hours? Yeah, because I know my fiancé need to reconnect. Yeah, that's so true. And come over an hour before so I can freaking shower and put on my makeup, baby girl. Yeah, and you we know? can have a cam while we're doing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Make it fun for them as well. Like, there's loads of different ways, but also, you'll get there. Yeah. It takes a while, like... You know, 14 months seems like a lot, but it's actually not. Yeah, and you will get there. Um, So that's probably it. Yeah, we're probably finished now. So I hope you liked it. Uh, (laughs) I think it gave us. It's definitely like our different Q and A for us because we usually keep them more like to where it's like oh like relationship but they're a little bit more like specific things but maybe I said there's a lot of people who can reconnect with different aspects I mean we we touched on very light subjects like religion and motherhood. An addiction. An addiction. <laughs> <laughs> just light little subjects. <laughs> light, just light little tilly An hour and a half. I hope you yeah. liked it. Go follow us on social media, all the rest. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Love you, bitches. Thank you so much, bitches. Bye. Bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 